evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to yet another scintillating, scuzz-buzzling, scuttlebuttling. That's the word I was looking for. Scuzz-buzzling, Well, David. I don't know. The scuttlebutt is that this is another episode of the KWUR Theater of the Air. I heard that. Yeah. Scuttlebutt around the crew, that is. Yes. I'm David Reinstrom. My name is David Brunel Brotman. And welcome once again to another fine edition of our very fine program, in which we provide you with the very finest, that's three in one sentence, uh, <laughs> original and vintage radio theater content. And tonight... That's a pretty succinct explanation. I tend to think so. Tonight, pirates. Pirates. Pirates by the dozen. Pirates by the gallon. Pirates by the galleon. Ooh, ooh that's uh, good. That's eh, good. That's eh, good. That's, eh, good. that's eh. good. Get this guy a job. Yeah. Huh? So yeah, uh, tonight we're going to be playing for you a little bit of Sky Pirates. Do, 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 yes, do, indeed. Do, 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 do. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about Sky Pirates? Sky Pirates. It's like Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow meets Rocky and Bullwinkle. And that, that too, a succinct explanation. That, that's how I pitch it. Yeah, that's, that's the pitch. When, when I race in breathless to a, uh, to a producer's office... With a sheaf of papers under my arm and my briefcase just sort of half open and my tie askew and my shirt half open, uh, like the briefcase. Right. And I he, say, he, wait. He puts his cigar, he, ta- he plucks his cigar from his lips and says, all right, kid, you got two minutes. Wow me. Well, Mr. Mayor, it's like this. It's actually not that complicated, but you see, uh, imagine that you took the schlock of the 1930s, sir, and the uh, the um, the self-aware comedy of the late 1950s and early 60s, and you made it a radio show. Kid, I like the way you think. Oh gosh, Mr. I'm giving Meyer. you two million dollars. Our door was open. Sorry. Thanks, Mr. Meyer. Mayor, what did I say? Are you Lewis B. Mayor? I don't know. I you said I I thought I was a producer, but then you said I was the mayor. No, 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 no. Lewis B. Mayor of Metro Golden. You're playing with me. Uh, no, I, I was serious. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm smiling, but I'm serious. Oh, I thought you were you were yanking my chain, pulling my leg, curing my ham. Swashing your buck? Yeah. You swashing my buckle? I am swashing your buckle. And uh, I believe we are going to swashle the buckles of our list. Wait, swashle. Sw- swashbuckling refers to the sound that, like, that sabers make against bucklers. That's what it is. It's like the sound of the sound ah, of hey. swords on on shields. Yeah, I never thought of that for fencing practice. Swords on shields, right? Swashes and buckles, bucklers, buck. I can't say it. Right. I can't say bucklers. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe it's time to swash our listeners' bucklers uh, with the first episode of Sky Pirates. Can we do that legally? Yeah. Nope. I'm gonna come up with more uh, synonyms for pulling my leg. The, uh, piratey synonyms? Piratey synonyms. Anyway, play it. You guys will like this. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy. Find yourself transported to... Paris, France, 1933. The city is not having a good day. A cold, thin wind sweeps leaves along her cobbled streets, and native and expat alike seek refuge in her cafes. Gulliver Nash, a hero of the late war, is in one of these cafes. An airship trundles by above, laden with cheese and promise. But below is Nash. It is two in the afternoon, and he is drunk. I am not. You are, and it's disgraceful. Andre? Oui, monsieur. Another brandy and soda, please. Oui, monsieur. Play that, Andre. Le Capitaine is that enough. 
Georgina Purcell, Nash's first mate, is not in the best of moods. No way, George. You're disgraced, Nash. That's what I told him. Stay out of this. Nash, what are you on about? It's scarcely past lunch and you're knackered. I don't even know what that means. The men are getting restless, Nash. They're getting tired of Paris. But George, who could ever tire of Paris? <sighs> City of lights, romance... Mystery. Nash. You could almost stay here forever. Andre, where's that brandy? You did this yesterday, Nash, and I don't like it. You can't stay on the ground this long. It ain't good for you. You've got a sky and planks under you to be happy. I was thinking, you know. Yes? That I might sell the feathered beagle. Why, you... <laughs> With the single swing, Georgina Purcell removes Nash from his bar stool. You wouldn't dare. You slimy, ill-begotten Yankee bucket of... George helps her fallen captain to his feet and orders him an espresso. What? I do not. I'm pummeling the senseless. You're not moving the story along. Answer an espresso, s'il vous plaît. That's better. I want mine with foam on top. And some jimmies. Sober up, Nash. We've got work to do. Work? Yes. There will be work ahead. The work of a daring few. The work of the mad thrill-seekers. The work of... Sky Pirates! Later, in the streets of Paris... How do you feel, Nash? Peachy. Like there's a little team of mountain climbers scaling my head from the inside. Where are we going? The hangar. It's time we got out of here. But the wine, George. It flows so freely here. That's part of what I mean. Anyhow, we've got a job from DuPont. We do. Industrious blighter, name of Von Grupp, is getting in a shipment of gold wire that's coming Tuesday. Spots and hungry. Is he a crowd? Belgian. Well, I'll be sober by Tuesday. You had better be. All right, George. We'll do this one run because we need the money and the change of scenery. I guarantee you'll have more fun than you've had in six months of brandy and sodas. We'll see, George. Get the boys together. We've got things to steal. Find ourselves several days later at the workshop of evil itself, the home of the most pernicious mind in science, the lair of the wickedest man to ever wield a wrench. Really? You're too kind. The hangar of Baron Klaus von Grupp. Born into a Belgian banking family, the young von Grupp... Don't do that. But, uh, Just don't. It is simply too early for an exposition time. Well, really? Just tell them I'm the villain. Grupp has assembled a group of potential investors this day to fund his research for military prototypes. He is hoping to score an arms contract with the Luftwaffe, the air force of the newly ascendant Nazi regime. Because I'm the villain. Because he is the villain. Look, don't do my job for me. Someone has to. Grupp leads the investors through his workshop. Technicians with welding torches make minute adjustments to a fearsome arsenal. Truly, gentlemen and ladies, the airship is the future of aviation. Sufficiently armored and filled with inert, lighter-than-air gas, nothing could take it out of the sky. Baron, what is that contraption there? The Baron turns his attention to a large bundle of black fabric on the floor of the workshop. You've a keen eye, Herr Kurtzman. That is the deflated envelope of my prototype, which you may see bits of lying about this workshop. We shall visit each in turn. The envelope is comprised of an experimental fabric that has been bonded to steel. It is impossible to puncture, rip, shred, or ignite. Is that so? A slim, elegant woman with a severe expression takes a long drag on her cigarette. Does my lady wish a demonstration? Idle talk displeases me, Baron. I traffic in results. Very well, Lady von Schwarzhofen. 
Schwarzhofen was my husband. You may call me Lady Magdalena. My lady is too kind by half. Grop snaps a finger, and attendants begin inflating the envelope. You have nothing to fear. We are merely inflating the envelope with air. It is nothing dangerous or particularly flammable. Particularly? You see over here one of our experimental weapons platforms. I call it the lightning cannon. But what does it do? Allow my creation to speak for me, sir. The Baron rolls out an evil-looking contraption on a dolly, and some lackeys roll out a sheet of plywood shaped like an American tank. This is the weapon the Reich didn't know it wanted, ladies and gentlemen. We just power it up and... Effective at up to 500 yards. And now, let us test the envelope. We simply recalibrate, power up, and... As you can see, no damage to the envelope. Perhaps it is simply that your lightning cannon has not enough stopping power. Nonsense. It is simply that the envelope cannot be... A huge anchor bursts through the skylight and lands on the envelope, popping it. The investors run for cover and scream. It is Gulliver Nash and the Feathered Beagle, his airship. He slides down the chain and gestures affably with a sword. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We've come to pick up a shipment and we'll be out of your hair in no time. See you, George. To rot, I do. Engaging Magneto Grips. Shaking the glass from her hat, Lady Magdalena suddenly recognizes the pirate captain. There is a luger in her boot. Nash! My envelope! Baron von Grupp suddenly realizes he is sitting in front of a fully operational weapons platform. They popped my envelope. Secured. Take her up, George. Pleasure doing business, folks. Well, that puts a different spin on things, doesn't it? Up faster, please, George. Things don't winch up faster than they drop now. They should. Gentlemen, this concludes our demonstration. Please proceed in an orderly fashion to the lobby. I will meet you there shortly. Nash, trapped as the cannon's aiming function calibrates, does the only thing he can. What, climb? He begins to swing back and forth on the anchor's chain. Oh, good plan. <clears throat> Hold still and die like a man, damn you! Taggart, a little cover fire would be fantastic. What, are you mad? There's a huge munitions dump down there. An explosion would kill us all. But they are shooting at me. So don't get shot. You're a help. Why secure? Stop swinging. Dump ballast. Keep winching and get us out of here. The anchor is winched all the way into the feathered beagle. Nash falls off the anchor onto the floor of the hold, grabbing his shoulder. Distraction, she says. In and out like thread through a needle, she said. Nash! Oh my god, you've been shot! Nash stumbles to his feet and hits a button. Mr. Stegman, take us up. Aye, sir. Nash, I... I'm fine. Just scraped my arm. More shock than anything. I was just trying to make you feel guilty. You know, your concern for me really brings out the color in your eyes. But... We've got our gold wire, don't we? We do. I'm alive, aren't I? You are. I've forgotten how much fun that is. You had. All right. We we fence the stuff and maybe go somewhere for a while till the heat is off. Then it seemed to be a great deal of heat. They had guns that shot lightning. Have. <laughs> 
Missed. Nash, we're on an even keel and now about ten clicks from the workshops. Woof. You've been shot. Yeah. You're going to be all right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, come off it, Aberon Nelson. Stegman says clear and ready for new coordinates. Where are we going? Monaco. And Nash? Yeah. You sure you're all right? Yeah. I was lucky. I'm fine. Good. And as the feathered beagle scurries off towards Monaco, Baron von Grupp kicks at a pile of rubble in his warehouse. Yeah! Scrambles the drones after that airship. My God, this is embarrassing. I'll never get that money, and I'll never get a contract. Don't talk that way. Why not? It's hopeless. Not so, Baron. Lady Magdalena, you, uh... You do not find me at the best of times. Do I not? You saw what happened? My second airship ruined, my lightning cannon's calibration system shot to hell, and me humiliated in front of the investors. Your second prototype? You have another? Well, perhaps I should show you. Yes. Yes, follow me. Flicking open a secret compartment of his pocket watch, Grupp exposes a panel with numerous buttons. He pushes one. The floor slides open to reveal a secret passage. After you, Lady Magdalena. Grupp leads Magdalena down a flight of stairs into a well-lit atrium. What is this? Behold, the Death's Head. Krupp turns on floodlights to reveal a huge black airship, bristling with armor and weapons, tethered in a spacious underground hangar. Oh! The fruition of ten years' research and work, Magdalena. Hmm, it is rather beautiful, in a pointy sort of way. You are a woman of ambition, madam. I know this by your reputation, and I can see it in your behavior. Surely, you see the potential in this airship. You kept this hidden from the investors. I didn't want to paint swastikas all over this one. It looks so much nicer in plain black, you know? That's not your real reason. Hmm. Klaus, I put forth here a proposition. I am an honorary commandant within the Luftwaffe. You're in the Luftwaffe? A widow has so little to do with her hands, you know. That's not your real reason. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I like you. I can secure you a contract, you know. A very lucrative one. I am aware. Here are my conditions. Of course. You get this airship operational. It can leave at a moment's notice. You take me aboard. I share command of the ship. We leave to accomplish a goal. A weapons contract for the Reich, if this is done. That's all well and good, my lady. But what's this goal we're to accomplish? You are to find and kill Captain Gulliver Nash. Kill Gulliver Nash? The hero of our story? How can this be? What secrets do our villains hold closely to their evil, evil chests? What will the good guys do in Monaco? Does Nash cheat at cards? Must I only speak in questions? All these and more answered in the next spellbinding episode of Sky Pirates. You're listening to the K-Word Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton, 90.3 FM.
We'll be right back. Oh, the year was 1778. How I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. A letter of mark came from the king to the scummiest vessel I'd ever seen. God damn them all. I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold. We'd fire no guns, shed no tears. Now I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Barrett's privateers. Oh, well, Sid Barrett tried the town. How I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. For 20 brave men, all fishermen, who would make for him the antelope's crew. God damn them all. I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold. We'd fire no guns, shed no tears. Now I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Barrett's privateers. The antelope sloop was a sickening sight. I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. She'd a list to the port and her sails in rags, and the cook in the scuppers with the staggers and jags. God damn them all. I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold. We'd fire no guns. Shed no tears, now I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Barrett's privateers. On the king's birthday we put to sea, how I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. We were 91 days to Montego Bay, popping like madmen all the way, god damn them all. I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold, we'd fire no guns. Shed no tears, now I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last to bear its privateers. On the 96th day we sailed again, I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. When a bloody great Yankee hove in sight with our cracked four-pounders we made to fight, God damn them all. I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold, we'd fire no guns, shed no tears. Now I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Barrett's privateers. The Yankee lay low down with gold, how I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. She was broad and fat and loose in stays, but the catcher took the antelope two whole days, god damn them. Come on, you sissies! And at length we stood two cables away. I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. Our cracked four pounders made an awful din, but with one fat ball the Yanks stove us in. God damn them all. I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold. We'd fire no guns, shed no tears. Now I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Barrett's privateers. The antelope shook and pitched on her side. How I wish I was in Sherbrooke now. Barrett was smashed like a bowl of eggs, and the main truck carried off both my legs. God damn them all. I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold. We'd fire no guns, shed no tears. Now I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Barrett's privateers. So here I lay in my 23rd year, how shy I was in Sherbrooke now. It's been six years since we sailed away, and I just made Halifax yesterday, god damn them all. I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold, we'd fire no guns, shed no tears. Now I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier, the last of Paris
healthy diet and regular physical activity can decrease your weight and improve your health. Learn more at smallstep.gov. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Ad Council, and KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. This is Kworth Theater of the Air. Woo! And this week, pirates! What, really? Are you tightening my hauser? Tightening my hauser? Running up my jib. Okay, running up my jib, Swinging I Swinging like. my boom. That one sounds... Sculling my rudder. Are Wait. you pulling out my... Se- sculling. Sculling. It's when you, um... It's when you propel your sailboat forward just by oh, wiggling yes. the rudder back and right, forth. right, right, right. Are you pulling out my centerboard? These pulling are all, out my centerboard. These are all synonyms I've come up with for pulling my leg. Oh, um, okay. Are you riding my ratlins? That one sounds dirty. Are you jiggling my gunnels? That one sounds even dirtier. Are you sleeping in my fossil? Mm, that one actually sounds not that dirty. What if it was bunking? Are, are you bunking in my fossil? Uh, that one sounds like, um, that, that one sounds scatological. Oh. You know what the fossil is, right? No. It's the forecastle. It's the, uh... Oh, oh. Yeah. But it's just, it's just been so reduced by... S- Sailors, evidently, lazy people. Who knew? You know, I, I thought they were very disciplined and, you know, but they just love shortening words and just throwing in apostrophes everywhere. They're crazy about apostrophes. Sailors, apostrophes, match made in heaven because fossil is spelled like F-O apostrophe C-S apostrophe L-E. Is it for shortening, <laughs> right? I mean, what, what the heck is that? Forecastle to fossil. It's it's the raised portion of the is it the quarter deck? I don't know. Well, I don't, no, I, I could but see it's that. But it's where it's where the you, you crew go sleep. from forecastle to to like forecastle to like fossil. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but it, it's not that much shorter, is it? It's not that much shorter, but it it makes sense. I mean, if you don't feel like pronouncing all your hard consonants in the middle of words, I mean, I guess if. You were on, like, a ship that was full of dinosaurs, and you put the dinosaurs in that part of the quarterdeck, and then it was breaking apart. Then you could say, Arr, Captain, the fossil fossil is fissile. But that's, like, the only, you know, the only situation in which I can think that we're that would be useful. We're going to sketch now. Useful. That yeah. was awful. <laughs> Awfully good. No, just regular. I think it's time for another pirate-themed sketch here. Are you rolling out my four-pounder? <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. So we're going to bring out an oldie, but a goodie. A goodie. Uh, Enjoy the ship of science. Word, brother. Ah, what a fine day for a sail. Wouldn't you agree, first mate Isaac Newton? The sun be out, the sky be clear, the black proton sails look to be trim and true today. I would indeed agree, Captain Benjamin Franklin, sir. The only thing that could possibly make it better would be some wind. We've been in these doldrums for days. Oh, there, Hi, Pythagoras. Something just bobbed up against the port bow. It looks like a bottle. Captain, that could very well be an important plot device. I say we fish it out. Ah, a wise idea. Scoop it up and bring it to me, Pythagoras, you son of a lab rat. Hi, Captain. Gather round, messmates. Pythagoras has found something. Uh, looks to be a brown glass bottle of some kind. Perhaps it is a reagent bottle, no? Dar, perhaps it be, Mary Curie, me bonny lass. What does the label say, Captain? Why, it reads CaCO3, calcium carbonate by the looks of it. But looky here, me arties. 
Tis an elaborate piratical ruse. The label comes off to reveal... Yahar! Tis a treasure map! How very cunningly disguised. Let me just extract the map. Yar, Hellfire and damnation! Tis written in binary! Someone call up Stephen Hawking from the galley. You rang, Captain. Aye, cabin boy Stephen Hawking. We'll be needing your computerized brains to make sense of this here treasure map. I was training black holes to fight one another in the galley, but I guess it can wait. Let me take a look at that map. Are you quite done yet? No. Well, Stephen Hawking, what does it say? It says that this map will take us to the fabled treasure of the theory of everything. The theory of everything? It can't be. I have read about it in books and stories, but I never knew it to be factual. Well, now, well, now, well, now, what's all this commotion in Hullabaloo? We have found a treasure map, Charles Darwin. Ah, so did seem, Miss Marie Curie. If I may say so, how radiant you today. That's radium. Ah, forgive my misspeak, but whatever it is, it makes you positively glow. Oh, you chowder. Ah, but, Captain, do you really think we can find this... this treasure? Think. I know it, you son of a bilge beagle. This be the finest crew of scientists that ever sailed the seven seas. Gentlemen, lady, let's set a course for treasure! Yeah! yeah. Hooray! Look, Captain, the wind's picking up. Onward, everyone! Onward! Just science! First mate made me blow, July the 2.3 times 10 to the first. It has been two weeks since we began our search for the theory of everything, and it looks like we may be getting closer. Soon, I think. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, we're under attack. I'd better get above decks. What's going on, Captain Franklin? Why, it looks like we've had a warning shot fired across our bow. Who is it, sir? Yeah, it is Noah's bark. Those pesky theologians are after the treasure too, I'll wager. Helmsman Curry, bring us about for a broadside. Aye, aye, mon capitaine. I must speak with the gunners. Da Vinci, Einstein, are we prepared for combat? Ah, my lieber, we are, sir. Our newest weapon, the Heisenberg cannon, is loaded, ready to fire. Yeah, Heisenberg cannon, how do it be working? Then... You can know where the cannonball is in the air, or you can know its velocity, but you can't know both at the same time. Yes, and if you look at the cannonball in flight, it changes direction. Da Vinci, that doesn't sound like a good weapon at all. Yes, but I look at the filigree I inscribed on the barrel. Huh. Well, that do look quite appealing. Very well. Fire the cannon, and nobody look at it. Well, it sounds like we missed. Everyone open your eyes. The other sheep. She is coming alongside us. Never fear, crew. 
I'll deal with those religious ruffians. Avast, ye theological thugs! What be ye wanting? We want the man, Benjamin Franklin, and if you shouldn't want trouble, you'll give it to us peaceably. Ha! Slim chance of that, Noah. We'll never give ye the map. Really? I, I feel in time you'll come around to the most logical solution. Ye stay out of this, Thomas Aquinas. No matter what ye say, we shan't give ye the map. If you won't give us the map nicely, we'll be forced to destroy And ye, Caliph Harun al-Rashid, I'm afraid I'm not seeing any appeal in your phraseology. Open fire, and then run away. Activate the lightning turbine. We've got to outmaneuver them. What an excellent idea, Captain Franklin, to have constructed a secondary propulsion system that runs on lightning. Why, thank you, first mate Isaac Newton. All sails, lads. Let's leave them behind and head for the treasure. Very well, it would appear, sir, that Noah's bark is far behind us. We are well out of view. And look, there's the island on the map. Let's go ashore and find that treasure. Now, the map says we have to walk 30 paces through the copse of broken palm trees, then another 12 paces over the burbling stream of lie, then 14 paces up the flaming slag pits, and then we just dig it up. Sounds easy enough, Captain. Alley-oop, as they say. Yar, that wasn't so bad. Did we lose anyone? No, sir, if you don't count L. Ron Hubbard, but he's not really a scientist. By the powers, lad, that's hardly a loss at all. Let's dig up the treasure. It looks as though this X marks the spot. I'm not sure if it does, Captain. What do you mean, Pythagoras? I think we need to solve for X marks the spot. I should have ye keel called for that, Pythagoras. He's right, though, Captain. If we triangulate from this position, it becomes obvious that the treasure is actually buried over there, where it would appear that Theta actually marks the spot. Right. Well, let's dig it up anyway, me hearties. Excellent work, me proud beauties. By me coonskin cap, I've never seen such a huge treasure chest. Let's open it up, then. It is empty. That sucks, but... Hold, messmates. There's some kind of message pinned to the inside of the chest. It reads... If you found this note, then it means you found the treasure of the theory of everything. Where is the treasure, you ask? Why, it's been inside you all along. So which one of us do we cut open? I say we draw straws. Oh, wait, you blackguards. I think the note is metaphorical. It means your spirit. Well, uh, can we cut open someone's spirit? No, Aquinas was on the other boat. Well, this is hella lame. I agree. Let's go invent the internet instead. And you are listening to the KWUR Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. You can listen online at kwur.com. 
But here, if you're listening now, you can listen to this music while we take a short break. In a snoochy bit. In two shakes of a lamb's tail. A nautical lamb's tail. Oh, for a brave and a gallant ship and a fair and a favouring breeze With a bully crew and a captain too to carry me o'er the seas To carry me o'er the seas, me boys, to me true love far away For I'm taking a trip on a government ship ten thousand miles away Then blow your winds, I ho, a roving I will go I'll stay no more on there and shore to hear the fiddlers play I'm off on the bounding main and I won't be back again for I'm on the boat to my own true love Ten thousand miles away My true love, she was beautiful My true love, she was young Her eyes were like the diamonds Bright and silvery was her tongue And silvery was her tongue Me lance as the big ship left the bay And she said, will you remember me Ten thousand miles away Then blow you winds I ho A roving I will go I'll stay no more on air and shore To hear the fiddlers play I'm off on the bounding Maine, and I won't be back again For I'm on the move to my own true love Ten thousand miles away Dark and a dismal day when last I saw my peg She had a government band around each hand And another one round her leg And another one round her leg Me boys, as the big ship left the bay A juice says she remember me Ten thousand miles away Then, holy winds I ho A roving I will go I stay no more on there and shore To hear the fiddlers play I'm off on the bounding main And I won't be back again For I'm on the move to my own true love Ten thousand miles away Oh, the sun may shine through the double and fog And the lippy run quite clear And the ocean bright turn into wine And I forget my beer And I forget my beer, me boys Or the landlord's quarter day But I'll never forget my own true love Ten thousand miles away Then blow you in I ho A roving I will go I'll stay no more on there and shore To hear the fiddlers play I'm up on the bounding main and I won't be back again For I'm on the move to my own true love Ten thousand miles away Then go you winds I ho A roving I will go I'll stay no more on there and shore To hear the fiddlers play I'm off on the bounding main And I won't be back again For I'm on the move to my own true love Ten thousand miles away yourself what kind of friend you are. Are you a work friend? Are you a friend that hangs out on weekends? Are you a chill out and watch TV friend? Are you that kind of friend who's there for someone dealing with a mental illness? Be there for them because your support will give them a much greater chance of recovery. Mental illness. 
What a difference a friend makes. For more information on how to support someone dealing with a mental illness, go to whatadifference.org. Brought to you by the Department of Health and Human Services, the Ad Council, and KWUR 90.3 FM. It's the KOR Theater of the Air. hi And this week, it's all about pirates. Arr, so it be. Arr, yes. By the scurrilous stump of me withered leg. Ew. That's gross and explicit. The best part of that Barrett's Privateer song is the way in which Stan, the late, great Stan Rogers narrates the death of, of Barrett. I have written it down. <laughs> Barrett was crushed like a bowl of eggs, and the main truck carried off both me legs. Ah, oh, I love it. Like a bowl of eggs, Abe. Like, arr, like a bowl of eggs. You wouldn't think a pirate sees a whole lot of eggs. Well, I guess not. They probably had chickens aboard ship. I don't know. Yeah, you could see. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason you wouldn't see eggs in particular. I guess. So we've reached what I'm going to call the musical portion of the show. <laughs> Thank you, David. You are welcome. And uh, w- when we were when we were looking around for uh, piratey themed radio theater, we started to think about all these like good piratey songs that sort of. Meet somewhere in, in the between, middle yeah. of music and radio theater. And so we're going to play some of those for you now. Uh, so, David, when you think of pirates, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Besides scurvy? Besides scurvy. Uh, besides parrots. Besides parrots. Um, besides pillaging. Okay, this doesn't work. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Ask me one more time. Okay, uh, the same question? Yeah. When, when you think of pirates, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Point-and-click adventure games. Of course! Point-and-click adventure games! So, See, if you, just, if you just kept up with me for one more, I would have given it okay, to you. Okay, look, the rule is three. I gave up after three. All right. You get three. That's right. That's the rule. I'm sorry. And if you don't get it on the third one, then we scrap it. Point-and-click right. adventure games. I'm sorry. And uh, arguably the best series of point-and-click adventure games was the Monkey Island series, By or LucasArts. is the Monkey Island series, the Monkey Island as series. it has been reprised recently. <laughs> and, By Telltale. Uh, right, by a company called Telltale Games. But the They're pretty darn good. Uh, the original, I'd say, three Monkey Island games are, like, they are probably the best adventure games out there in terms of the classic adventure game realm. Within one series. No, you... you well, okay, what's, what's the best... Point and click adventure game. Well, does uh, Grim Fandango? Now, uh, Grim Fandango, you don't point or click in Fine. Grim Fandango. Well, you've never played Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. That's I've, a great. I've played one. a little of it. It's a pretty darn good one. Fine. It's it's a fantastic series. The point is, we love Monkey Island. Yes, we do. I've been playing since I was three on my father's knee in the basement. That's adorable, isn't it? Yes. That's when it came out. It was 1991. Was I've been playing it boy. since I was, I don't know, like 12. Maybe. Oh, no. These were some of my uh, my formative memories. You'll notice that whenever I enter a new room, I start stealing everything that isn't nailed down. You do, and you put it all down your pants, it's, which is weird. It's just the way I've, I've learned to think about my environment. It's just the way that adventure games have influenced strange. my thought process. So, as you can tell, we love Monkey Island. I mean, you'll also notice that in... if I screw up uh, and I say the wrong thing to you in a conversation, I'll walk away, and then I'll say hello the same way, and then I'll just... <laughs> I'll just start down a different conversation tree. It's true. He does it. Hi, David. Hey, what's up, David? You look ugly. 
Um, that was weird. Hi, David. What? Hi, David. How's it going? It's going great. 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 You look handsome today. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Conversation successful. I got three gold pieces. <laughs> so in the third game, there is this brilliant part where the game just <laughs> dead on, it just stops. It just grinds to a halt. Yeah. And you cannot proceed through the game until you have successfully completed this song this puzzle. Musical number. Yeah. Yes. Sung by your crew, formerly a uh, a barbershop quartet. So, so but there this were is a crew. There of, were three of them. Right, right. This is a a a barbershop, uh, a pirate barbershop trio. Well, no, they definitely call themselves a barbershop quartet. Yes, but there are only three of them. Right. I don't think we need to say any more. No, I don't think we do. And uh, this song celebrates the joys of being a pirate. So enjoy. <laughs> We're a band of vicious pirates are sailing out to sea. When you hear a gentle singing, you'll be sure to turn and flee. Oh, this is just ridiculous. Come on, men. We've got to recover that map. That pirate will be done for when he falls into our trap. We're a club of tune for rovers. We can sing in every clef. We can even hit the high notes. It's just too bad we're tuned deaf. A pirate I was meant to be. Trim the sails and roam the sea. Pirate. We know he's sure to lose because we know just where to fire it. We're thieving balladeers. A gang of cutthroat mugs. To fight us off, you only got Just jolly good ear plugs. A pirate I was meant to be. Trim the sails and roam the sea. Get to work. Our vocation's a thing we love, a thing we'd never shirk. We'll fight you in the harbor. We'll battle you on land. Oh, when you meet singing pirates, there'll be more than you can stand. Oh, that was a good one. No, it wasn't. Song, we got to move. The battle will be long, but our courage we will prove. We're a pack of scurvy sea dogs. Have we pity not a dram. We are a roasted garlic. Dancing from the diaphragm. A pirate I was meant to be. Trim the sails and roam the sea. Singing more sailing. When we defeat our wicked foe, his ship he will be bailing. If he try to fight us, you will get a nasty whacking. If you disrespect our singing, we will feed you to a cracking. A pirate I was meant to be. Trim the sails and roam the sea. 
getting so sick of you guys and your rhyming. We're ready to set sail, though the cannons need a priming. We're troublesome corsairs. We come to steal your treasures. We would shoot you on the downbeat. But we gotta rest five measures. A pirate I was meant to be. Trim the sails and roam the sea. And the deck is what we're mock. You say you're nasty pirate scheming, thieving, bad bushwhackers. From what I've seen, I tell you, you're not pirates, you're just slackers. A pirate I was meant to be. Trim the sails and roam the sea. surely avoid scurvy if we all eat an orange. And, um... Well, uh... Door hinge? No, no. Guess the song's over then. Guess so. Okay. Back to work. Well, gee, I feel a little guilty now. <laughs> oh. Alright, you're listening to K-Word Theater of the Air here on KWUR 90.3 FM. Clayton. Arr, is that true, Dave? It be true, Dave. You're not curing my scurvy. Curing your scurvy? You're not rash. Are you rationing my grog? Uh, that one's okay. Are you rowing me jolly boat? Okay, that one definitely sounds dirty. Well, jolly boat was like the... It's just the rowboats that they keep on the side of the ship. I, I don't care. It sounds <laughs> dirty. It's not my fault that the boat's so jolly. Very jolly. Very jolly. Yeah, this is the pirate episode. This is K-Worth Theater of the Air. I'm David Reinstrom. I'm David Brunel Brutman. Today we're talking about pirates. We're talking about pirates, man. It's the thing it's to pirates. do. pirates. Who doesn't like pirates? President Obama, he shot three of them. Oh, yeah, he did. Well, oh, that was so badass. From the back of a boat. I know. I mean, almost through metonymy. It's almost like our president did it. I, really I cool. Did they ever reveal the identity of that Navy sniper? Nope. So that means uh, the so president did it. So it could have been, been Barack Obama. He could have just ran out there. The key uh, to night sniping is you just have to you just have to breathe with the waves. Uh, it's very simple. Anyone can do it. I, I'm sure that's exactly what he sounded like when he was lying on the back of that boat. Oh no, it was after. You have to you have to snipe silently. Right. Breathe with the motion of the waves, as right. the president said. That was a clip from an interview with Katie Couric. Oh really? Played. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Moving on. We are, we are in the musical portion of our show, yes. playing piratey-themed music. <sighs> and uh, we have something that I, I think David can tell us a little more about next. Steve Goodman. Steve Goodman. Is one of my favorite musical artists of all time. And here he is uh, from this compilation album called... Uh, oh, what is this album called? Oh, no big surprise. It is it's called... A, yes. Yeah. It's a two-CD two set uh, of all of his greatest hits. And this is from when he was touring live with this fantastic mandolinist named Jethro Burns. Uh, he's, just, he's just great. That sounds like the name of somebody who would be a fantastic mandolinist. Doesn't it? Yeah. It, it absolutely does. And, and Steve Goodman is a great uh, folk guitar player. Uh, he's the guy that brought us... He died in the, in the mid-'80s, unfortunately. He, he, was living with, he lived with leukemia for a really long time, and he continued to record throughout most of his adult life with this illness. Yeah. So he has this very mordant sense of humor that comes out in songs like uh, like a dying Cub fan's last request, 
uh, because he acknowledges that the Cubs are never going to win anything ever, which makes me sad on the inside. But not that sad because I don't really care about baseball. Um, ooh. And, but no, I mean, that's just his, uh, like, other Steve Goodman songs We're you might know. We're getting hate mail. Ooh, yay! Any kind of mail is good, really. Just saying. Yes. Um, but continue. Right. Uh, you might you might know his City of New Orleans song, which is about that train riding on the city of New Orleans, Illinois Central, Monday morning rail, that one. Yes. That's him. Uh, anyway, this is a song uh, called the Lincoln Park Pirates, and it's about this uh, this towing company in Chicago in the 70s that would just sort of, you know, yank people's cars for no real reason. So I think that's about all the introduction it needs. However, that's not it. No, that's not it at all. <laughs> that is the next song we're going to play, which is going to be a good one, too. Yes. But here we are, Steve Goodman, Lincoln Park Pirates. Mr. Coherent here. Well, here's the song we were going to play a couple of months ago about the Lincoln Park Pirates, folks, and we'll sing this right here. Don Diego. The street lamps are on in Chicago tonight And lovers are gazing at stars The stores are all closing, Bolandic's been chosen And Casio is counting the cars There are more cars than places to put him, he said But I've got room for some more So round them up, boys, because I want the toys Hit the lot by the grocery store To me, way, hey, tow them away The Lincoln Park Pirates are we From Wilmette to Gary, there's none that's so hairy And we always collect our feet To me, way, hey, tow them away We plunder the streets of your town be it at Solar Chevy, there's no car too heavy, and no one can make us shut down. We break in the cars when we got us, with a pickaxe and a hammer and a saw. They said this garage had no license, but little care I for the law. All my drivers are friendly and courteous, they're good manners you always will get. Because they all are recent graduates of the charm school in Joliet. To me, way, tow them away. The Lincoln Park Pirates are we. From Wilmette to Gary, there's an un that's so hairy. We always collect our fees. To me, way, tow them away. We plunder the streets of your town. Be it at Solar Chevy, there's no car too heavy, and no one can make us shut down. Are ruined. 
And I'll tow every boat in Belmont Harbor to the Lincoln Park Lagoon. And when I've collected the ransom and sunk all the ones that won't yield, tow the goddamn planes that are blocking the runways out at O'Hare Field to me way. From Wilmette to Gary, there's none that's so hairy. We always collect our keys. me way, hey, tow them away. Now citizens gather around. And I think it's enough. And let's call his bluff. And let's call the bomb out of town. All right. We're running a little low on time, but we've got one last song for you now, uh, which Dave will tell us all about. Yes, we do. Uh, this is a traditional sea shanty that it's got a lot of a lot of history attached to it, and I think uh, a lot of historical value. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll find it interesting for that reason. Uh, listen carefully, uh, especially to the second part of the song, because I think that's really where that's where, where the we, flavor is. Right. We really we really get to the the piratey flavor of this piece. So without further ado, enjoy The Captain's Wife's Lament. The ship sailed into harbor after 15 months at sea. The captain hit the tavern with his crew of 53. After drinking up their pay, they staggered through the town But all the inns and public houses turned the sailors down The captain said, fear not me lads, you all can come with me I live just round the corner and you all can stay for free But when the captain's wife awoke upon the break of day they say that you could hear her wailing clear to Botany Bay. She said there's semen all around the bed and semen on the floor. Semen in the bathroom and behind the closet door. There's semen in the fireplace and semen in the hall. The living room is carpeted with semen wall to wall. There's semen in the entryway and semen on the stair And worst of all, there's even semen in me underwear There's some behind the larder and beneath the table too I do believe your semen got into me Irish too There's semen here in front of me and semen in the rear My God, there's even semen hanging from the chandelier There's semen on the windowsill and semen in the yard The semen even left a stain upon the St. Bernard Although I am a patient wife, tis more than I can bear To wake up in the morning with your semen in my hair I ne'er again do wish to see thee darken up my door So clean up all your semen and come round my way no more So clean up all your semen and come round my way no Running out the clocks. 
But here we go. It is time for us to say goodbye here on the KWUR Theater of the Air. It is indeed a sad time, but a necessary one. Alas. How about some credits? All right, here are some credits. You were listening to the KWUR Theater of the Air, which was produced this week by David Bruno Brutman and David Breitstrom. And here are some credits for Sky Pirates. Yes, Sky Pirates, starring Evan Kuhn as our narrator, Alex Jensen as Lady Magdalena von Schwarzhofen, David Brunel Brutman as Klaus von Grapp, Kareth Parashak as Georgina Purcell, Michael Gizerni as Taggart, David Reinstrom as Captain Nash and Admiral Nelson the Dog, and featuring the voice talents of Willis Garcini, Alice Sheldon, and Justin Pieper. Our producer is Akbar the Damned. Our art director is Buckles McSwashington. And our intern this week is Firebeard the Hook-Footed. Nice guy. Stay tuned for adventures in recreational politics. Arr, arr. My throat hurts now. My throat hurts. No, I think I might actually have a node or something. Should I get that looked at? I don't know. Why don't you see a pirate doctor? Oh, I very well may. 